I think there's a kind of acceptance across the world that education is a particular thing, which it used to be, but it is no longer. If all we do as an education system is replicate what the uh, generation before us knew, we are absolutely stuffed as a society. We've now made it clear that if, if we stop exams, the world doesn't stop spinning. If we actually look at kids learning, they can do it from home. But what's important is that the kids are interested and fascinated. For me, I'm 61 and I learn something new every day. I love finding out things. And there isn't a day that goes by that I don't go, wow, because something amazes me. That's what education is. And the best gift we can give to any young person is to, is to give them the wow. And that's where we've got to reset education and put the power of education back into the person, not into the system. Hello and welcome to the Qualified Tutor podcast, the podcast that brings you the latest in the world of tutoring, edtech and education, and hopefully inspires in you the big change that each and every one of us is capable of. Qualified Tutor is an industry-leading tutor training organisation and online tutoring community for thousands of tutors around the world. This podcast is the voice of this community, where we aim to hear from tutors, teachers, entrepreneurs, coaches, business experts, students, tutorpreneurs, and more from the world of tutoring about what inspires them every day, how they can help tutors like you, and what they've learned about tutoring along the way. The question is, what will you learn today? Hello and welcome to this episode of the Qualified Tutor Podcast, the 95th episode, no less. So just let that sink in for a little bit. If this is your first time listening to the QT Podcast, you have a whole trove to go back and listen to. And if you've been here with us since episode one, um, then thank you for, for staying with us. Um, I am delighted to be welcoming on uh, our guest today, uh, a man called Dave Harris. Now, just before I let Dave do the talking, let me just tell you a little bit about Dave so you have some, some context there. Dave is the Managing Director of, of Independent Thinking, which is an incredible organisation that uh, seeks to challenge leaders and, and educators, prompting them to go further, to think more uh, and do more for their communities and their students. The founder of Independent Thinking, uh, Ian Gilbert, was a guest on this very podcast in the spring of, of last year of 2021. And following that, uh, joined us as a as a keynote speaker at the first Love Tutoring Festival in, in June 2021. Dave and fellow independent thinking associate Nina Jackson will be joining us as keynote speakers for this month's Love Tutoring Festival 2, which starts on Monday the 24th of January. Now, I'm not sure I could do Dave justice with an introduction uh, as his level of uh, expertise, skill, his experience, uh, I would say cannot be easily summarised, such uh, is its breadth. So 
what I will try and do in the next 25 minutes is to allow Dave to to display his his charm, his wit uh, and knowledge on the area of uh, change management, uh, inspiring learners, thinking differently uh, and some more topics. Many of the topics that Dave will be speaking about during his keynote uh, in the coming few weeks. So, Dave, welcome to the podcast. Hi there, nice to meet you, Madonna. Thank you for the uh, for the, the the very positive intro. <laughs> that's quite all right. Um, I hope that's given uh, our listeners a little bit of a background uh, to you. So, our first question: those of you who've been with us for the past ninety-five episodes will know is, what is your why, Dave? I suppose my why is very similar to that that we claim as the com- company, which is there is another way. Now, I might sound a little bit bizarre, but we say there is, a, there is another way purely because we don't actually believe that education is something that we should be following a prescription for, that there is a, a set thing to do. But the only thing we do believe is that there is another way of doing it, that we don't have to do it the way that everybody else is. And I think there's a kind of acceptance across the world that education is a particular thing, which it used to be, but it is no longer. So, in other words, I don't. I guess that there is no doubt that education is not actually fulfilling the needs we as society have of it. Not just in in Britain, but across the world. And I think that there needs to be a reboot as to what we actually want from education. And I think that's at the heart of anything we do. Because otherwise, we're just kind of trying to reproduce something which, uh, which is, is just simply not, not appropriate. Yeah. And I imagine there will be listeners right now nodding their heads at, at this idea that education used to be something. But I'm sure there will be some who, who don't really know um, what this, this concept is. Could you go a little bit more into you yeah. mentioned that? There's a perception yeah, I mean, that education used to be a certain thing and, and it may not be. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of if you if you it's really interesting. If you go back to the really foundations of of, of education, the first bit, it was actually based around curiosity. People used to have collections of unusual things which people used to go and visit to see. And that was about getting people interested in what was there. We then moved into the industrial society, and the industrial society, which is when formal education came out had a, some very set rules it was a it was about producing things about making stuff it was a and it was organized in a very hierarchical way if you look at schools they are based very similarly to the structure of a of a mill that there is you know you have a boss you have two deputies you have four of the next level and it, it's it's a, the approach to it was very much about trying to replicate the information you needed the young people to have to work in society. So in other words, education's function was to provide information for kids, for young people, to become productive young adults. Great, totally understand that. The issue is that there is nobody who believes that we're still in the industrial society. The industrial society has changed. We're in, we are in a the end of a transition period, moving into a new kind of society. We no longer have the same rules or the needs for, for, for people to produce things. Of course, we automate things, but we have now much more automated. We know that we can ask someone to do something the other side of the world, and it can be 
printed over here. So the cons, the, the the idea that we are working in a community to produce an output is no longer there. So for us to carry on, assuming that education is still the same, the kids still need to learn the same stuff they did 50 years ago is frankly lunatic. It kind of doesn't make any sense at all for us to to think that we need to learn, you know, the 10 longest rivers in the world. Why would you need to know that? There might have been an argument, questionable if there was, but an argument 50 years ago that that's the case. What we now need is our young people to have the desire to learn because the information is at the end of their fingertips. They can ask Siri what the 10 longest rivers in the world are. Remembering it's not the point. The fact is, what do you do with it? And why do you want to do something with it? Which is why there needs to be a reboot on education, not thinking about us replicating the information in the previous generation. If all we do as an education system is replicate what the uh, generation before us knew, we are absolutely stuffed as a society. Because our only way to develop is to is to change that, and unless we see education as an evolution, uh, and I guess revolution, then 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 I, then I think we really are in in very troubled areas as a society. Yeah. So so how have the goalposts of of exactly what you're explaining? How have the goalposts of thinking differently in education changed? Looking looking at 2022, the new year. I think it's an interesting one because there was no doubt. I mean, I've watched and I often talk about a uh, watching a pendulum go backwards and forwards over the centuries between one kind of education and another. And we had, in the last 10 years, moved the pendulum as far as it's possible to go on turning education into numbers and just believing that the only important thing was that we proved our knowledge by answering questions in an exam, which is clearly not the best use of it. But that's we've got to that point and things were creaking. Even Ofsted, in their great wisdom, was starting to say those things. And I could really see the shifts in the UK starting to, to come back. Now, I think the pandemic has somewhat knocked us off a bit. It is really, the pandemic has been horrible for large proportions of the population. It has caused also damage, and it is only natural that now when people are trying to do things, they're trying to get back to a normal. Now, that's quite dangerous when the normal was already unsteady and problematic. And so it worries me that one or two people who were starting to go, you know what, we've got to get a better curriculum, we've got to change the way we teach. It's a bit like, you know, they were, they were agreeing they got across the other side of a river. What the pandemic has done is flooded the river. So now putting your foot in the river, people go, oh, this is frightening and scary. No, no, let's just go. Let's go back to where we were for a bit. Let's just get our, our breath back and let's just sort things out. The reality is I don't think we should. We've got time to be doing that. So part of me goes that much as I think the temptation is to go, well, let's just get a, a steady year under our belts. I think the best we could do as society is to say, okay, it has been horrible, the pandemic, but it offers us a chance. We've now made it clear that 
if we stop exams, the world doesn't stop spinning. If we actually look at kids learning, they can do it from home. But what's important is that the kids are interested and fascinated. And I, I recently did a, about a year, well, just before the pandemic, I did a survey on the Isle of Man when they were looking at what, how they could improve their education system. And I asked parents, what did they want from the education system? What did they want their kids? What was the absolute, you know, if they got a three-year-old, what did they want their three-year-old to, to know by the time they were 20? And they, most of the parents were really clear. They said, I don't really care what they know. I just want them to be passionate about what they know. And I think that's a really good point, is that if we haven't got curiosity, passion and wonder in our learning, we've dead behind the eyes. We are doing it for what reason? And if education is only about passing exams, boy, have we got it wrong. Because that would mean you, the moment you pass your exams, you stop learning. For me, I'm 61 and I learn something new every day. I love finding out things. And there isn't a day that goes by that I don't go, wow, because something amazes me. That's what education is. And the best gift we can give to any young person is to is to give them the wow mm, and it's not learning what the 11th longest river is <laughs> exactly <laughs> for those of you who know the love tutoring festival you'll be delighted to hear that we're back from Monday the 24th to Friday the 28th of January 2022, the Love Tutoring Festival will return, bigger and better than ever. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, you're in for a real treat. The most loved festival in tutoring, the Love Tutoring Festival is a five-day online celebration of all things tutoring, with some of the biggest names in tutoring, education and pedagogy, and hundreds of committed and motivated tutors from all four corners of the globe taking part, it really is the biggest party in tutoring. We will again be working on a freemium ticket model this year, with all events totally free, apart from our famous and ludicrously inexpensive CPD accredited workshops. You can find out more, including the confirmed speakers so far, how to grab your place and key information on our wonderful sponsors at qualifiedtutor.org slash love tutoring festival. Let's raise standards in tutoring together. So let's let's pull on that thread a little bit more. Your your event at the festival, um, Love Tutoring Festival 2, is, is, is titled Wonder and Curiosity and Learning. And you've just very passionately, may I say, been talking about wonder, curiosity and passion in learning. Can you just tell us a little bit more about how that plays out in your yeah. work? I mean, I'm at Independent Thinking, we've got a number of very talented individuals. We kind of all, we're, we're kind of like, like the, the, the A team, you know, we kind of, everybody has, does a different type of thing. We don't all, all repeat our stuff. But one of our people is Dr. Andrew Curran, who's a neuroscientist. And he wrote the book, uh, the, little, the Little Book of Big Stuff About the Brain. Um, and I love spending time with him. And from him, I developed a real passion and interest about the way the brain works. And if it scares me how few educationists have that passion. If we were worked in a garage, you imagine you drive your car into a garage and you go, okay, can you tell me something wrong with the engine? 
and the person goes, actually, I don't really know much about engines, but yeah, we'll see what we can do. You, you okay, well, I'm not going to this garage. Yet we go regularly to education establishments where people don't understand what learning is, what the brain, what actually happens in the brain when you learn something. And what it's done for me by opening up the world of neuroscience. Now, I am not a neuroscientist. People like Andrew have spent their life at it, and it would be insulting to, to imply that I am. But what I have done is grasped enough neuroscience to understand the basics of what needs to happen for learning. And, I mean, crudely, the brain is split into three parts. They call it the triune brain. It's not many more parts than that, but there are three basic areas that people identify. One of the key areas that's involved in learning is the limbic system. And the limbic system is absolutely responds to passion and curiosity and love and wonder and storytelling. And what you can't do is separate that. Yes, of course, we have a large part of the brain, um, the neocortex, which is about the logical thinking and is about higher order thinking. But if we believe that's what all the learning is, we're completely missing the point. Because the reality is if you are not interested and not passionate, you are not usually going to remember. The, the whole thing about learning is learning is not an instant. If I tell you the Latvian word for um, certainly is labprat, I have to, to know that because I used to have a, a friend who, who was, uh, lived there. And I can, you've learned that now. So I can say, okay, I have taught Ludo something. He knows the Latvian word. More or less, certainly by the tomorrow, you won't have learned it because you won't remember it. Certainly five or six days, you won't have learned it. Now, is that because I'm a bad teacher? No, it's because when I tell, when you tell, you have thousands of input in the brain every day. The only way you get them into learning is not for me to shout it at you or get cross because you forget it. The way to you do is for you to, to revisit that information, to see it, to, to be interested, to go, oh, wow, I wonder why, I wonder what. And what the world of curiosity and wonder does is it encourages you to revisit your learning on your own, not because a teacher has told you or a tutor has told you or somebody has said, you need to learn this for the exam, but because you've gone, oh, I wonder, does that? And I surround myself now. If you could, people could see me now, and those of you who come to the workshop will see me uh, bringing various items. I, I have got on my wall, on my cupboards, everywhere, objects that just make me go, whoa, make me think, make me smile. Uh, as I was talking to you earlier, I've got a little puzzle that I am uh, I, I, that I'm just turning from being a, a man into a cube, which is just I have. It's keeping my mind busy. It keeps me. It keeps me wondering what's in the world. When I go outside and I see a flower, I look at a flower and go, God, "How did that reproduce? Why?" If you look at, you realise that boredom is not something that is given to you. It's something you allow to happen to yourself. There is too many wonderful things around you to be bored. But I understand why young people have. If we let young people believe that learning is delivered to them in little packages, then of course it's boring. If you let young people realise that 
learning is what's around them, you kind of, it, it, it makes your mind think so differently. And I, I, I remember um, one of the things that Andrew Curran to, told us when we had one of our uh, associate sessions with him is he was telling us about how some research recently had discovered that about the only time, most of your life, you have a balance between chemicals like serotonin and oxytocin that calm you down, that you can use if you need to, to get that space, and dopamine and other chemicals, glutamine, which get you really kind of responding in a bit of an agitated way. And, you know, they're the things that help you when you need that. For most of your life, you can call on that balance between your chemicals. The only time in your life where you have a real misbalance is your teenage years. And in the teenage years, you have a soup of active chemicals which cause your brain to be all over the place. And I said to Andrew, I said, isn't that a bit of bad design to get to give youths this kind of desire to be different and to push the boundaries and to find their own way? And he said, no, it's probably the main reason we survive as a species. Because back to the point I made earlier, if we just replicate the information, if we did everything our parents had said, and that's all we ever did, generationally, we become completely devoid of new ideas. We become in, unable to, check, to cope with the new world. And so this idea that actually young people that we may be tutoring or looking after, it's very easy to go, oh, why don't you learn? The reality is their brain is hardwired to look at the world differently. Now, I find you give them an object to fit or to do, you let them discover, they respond in a whole different way to if you've got somebody standing at the front going, this is what you've got to do. And that's where we've got to reset education and put the power of education back into the person, not into the system. Yes, is, is my first response. And my second is, there's a tutor, educator, specialist, interventionist listening to this. What, what advice do you have on how to implement what you've just said, giving the power back to the learner? How, how can they do that in a one-to-one session? Well, yeah, and I mean, if it's one-to-one and you're, I mean, I, I understand a lot of online, it is more com- it's more complex. If, it, if, it's, if you're in the same room as, as someone, then it's a whole lot more exciting and possible. Uh, if you are lucky enough to be in a room with someone, then take an object. I, I see learning transfer by objects and there is millions of objects and I'll cover some of them when um, I'm uh, working with um, uh, with you in a couple of weeks time but there are there are things that you can get them to do in their own home the reality is it's turning things into the physical many young people because of the effect on, on their brain learn best when they are touching and feeling Simple idea, Mobius strip, and I'll demonstrate this when I do it. The Mobius strip, if you haven't seen it, look it up. If you, you just get a strip of card or paper, join the ends with sellotape, and you cut it down the middle so you get two circles. No magic there. If you then repeat that, but this time put one twist in and then cut down the middle, 
this amazing thing happens. You get one gigantic circle, not two little hoops. You get one big one. If you twist it twice before you sellotape it, so you join the ends of the loop together, but twist it once 180 degrees and another 180, so it's it's making like a little bracelet, but it's got a double twist in it. Cut down the middle of that, you get two interlocking circles. It's amazing. Now, you can do that with kids, but get them to write something on it first. And whatever, whether you're doing English, whether you're doing maths, whether you're doing science with them, whatever you're doing, just the process of them actually looking at and doing the Moby strip, putting their keywords, linking, getting, cutting it out, getting these two circles or the big circle, whichever you want. Doing that and thinking about it takes it away from being you telling them to them engaging in it. And I think it's any tricks you can do, but it's, it's also get them to go out and take photographs, get them to, you know, and to send you back, play dumb. I, I always think one of the best things tutors, I think, sometimes have that make the mistake of feeling they have to be all knowledgeable. If you say you're all knowledgeable, that hints that you've got all the answers and all they're doing is learning from you. Learn from them. Go, yeah, I don't, I've never really understood this. Can, can, you see, can you explain it from your point of view? How do you see this? How do you, and stopping young people believing the only thing that matters is repeating what's in your head. If as a tutor, you are asking questions to get the answer that's in your head, you're missing the point. They might as well not have you. To be effective, you need them to give you the answers that weren't in your head. You need to go, wow, I think you've just blown my mind there because you've actually, I th just explain how you got that. Even if they've said something completely wrong, don't shut them down because they haven't got the idea in your head. Increase the idea of wonder that's in that's in their brains and and that's that's how we do make them feel the the positive rewards that your brain can do when they know they've done something well and nothing does that like like praise and and perhaps that's a whole other area is, is yeah is, is the usage and and um kind of management of praise in in, in the learning environment i wish there was uh, another 25 minutes to look into that but if you're listening to this and you think Hmm. Yeah, I think I think this guest here has a point. Then come and see uh, Dave expand on these points uh, in a in a collaborative, interactive environment as as much as that's possible online. And um, Dave and I were talking earlier about some of the um, kind of uh, relationship changes that that, that take place, uh, the interactive changes that take place when you move from in person to online, but. Dave will be running a, a highly interactive workshop um, on Wednesday, the 26th of January as part of day three, the big teaching and learning day at the festival. Um, so come and come and join in for that. As I said, that the title will be Wonder of Curiosity and Learning. If you if if you want to take part in, in curiosity and learning, then then that's the space for you. But just before we finish, Dave, um, I'd like to ask you, what does 2022 hold for Dave Harris? It has lots of wonder and curiosity. It has to have because if it doesn't, then why are we living? So out of whatever the world throws at us, there's going to be some good stuff. And I've got good, I've got good feelings about 2022. It's, it's got to be better, hasn't it? And it, I'm looking forward to getting back out in the world more, 
seeing people interacting and i've got a, a wonder suitcase which i hope to be traveling around the country with so maybe i'll get to see some some people in person you can come and have a have a fiddle with some of my objects uh, and, and enjoy in in my passion that sounds like uh, a wonderful plan. That sounds like the next place that you can find Dave uh, in person. Um, I'm sure that the passion and that curiosity is is, is much more highly transmitted or tra- translated even uh, in 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 a, in a physical room. Um, but we'll have to stick with online um, yeah. for a love tutoring festival. It works for us uh, because we're able to bring in an audience from from around the world. Um, and and Dave is the consumer uh, professional online. So um, that's that's your big. Uh, Call to action after this is, is go and grab your, your free ticket to, to Dave's event, um, which will just be the free pass, which will get you access to every single free event, which includes podcasts, uh, roundtables, keynotes, workshops, um, all of those, uh, all of the likes. Um, uh, and that is starting on Monday, the 24th of January. So, Dave, one final time, thank you very much for taking us through that. A little uh, scientific look as well, uh, as well there with the uh, with the brain. Um, I hope you enjoyed talking about what you what you do. Absolutely, it was a real pleasure to speak to you. And I look forward to hopefully seeing uh, many of the listeners uh, in the webinar in a couple of weeks. Absolutely, thank you very much, Dave, uh, and see you all next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Qualified Tutor Podcast. Whether you're a regular listener of this podcast or you've just stumbled across it, join the Qualified Tutor Podcast group within the Qualified Tutor community to stay up to date with our latest news, offers, workshops, and of course, simply to meet other tutors like you. Whatever your level as a tutor, our training courses will be the next step in your professional development. Visit qualifiedtutor.org training to find out more about our CPD accredited and Ofqual recognised courses, the first of their kind in the tutoring industry. Your student deserves the best tutor possible. Make that happen today by joining Qualified Tutor.